I have no more tears to shed. That was a DC reference. That's the first one in months on this show. So close to you, that there been any fucking news for mm. months. Well, um, when Fandom happens, we'll have a fan wank over it. And we'll... Oh, there was that there was that Netflix trailer for Sandman. Yes, there was. Cool. There uh, it is, folks. <laughs> uh, it looks good. It looks it good. It looks good. good. It it does does look good. But, but we're out of the loop now. It's it's the year of our Lord, whatever the date is today, I guess. It'd be the 8th today, 7th or 8th when you're listening to this. Hi! Hi. You boxer bastards. Welcome <laughs> back <laughs> to the big damn... Uh, Donny Cates. That's a that's a hint where we're going. Um, I am um, Chris. We recorded this two weeks ago. Fuck you, Johnson. I am Matt, hopped up on coffee and ready to rocky. <laughs> Watson. And uh, to use geeky gossip, we can take a back seat this week because we're recording out of sequence. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, we're we're up to other things this week. We've got important things and holiday things, and we're not we're not here. We're not here. Good shit. Uh, we will record something on October the eighth in the eventide. So uh, if you're listening to this on October the seventh, get your emails in bigdamcontact@gmail.com if you want if to talk about your stuff. If you're listening to this, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, and also, if you're like you guys have, there's been a lot of like Marvel centric stories lately. Yeah, there have. And this week is no exception. Yay! Because, um, as we can't cover the news, and we didn't have time to watch two X-Men movies again in quick succession and talk about them. Don't worry, it's coming. Just cover the news right now. Uh, news, reviews, and points of views. Ah. Was that a slogan at one point? It was. Oh, I think we were, we no, I think we were toying with it, and then we were like, that's so shit, let's not do it. Let's never do it. Anyway. But then, that's the entire um, conception of this podcast in a fucking nutshell is it shit yeah should we do it anyway yeah, yeah. Right. do you know what isn't shit <laughs> what Marvel Unlimited ah so about a month ago as of this re- <laughs> as of this broadcast about this many months ago I finally took the plunge and spent UK price of 51 pounds and 70 something pence took the plunge to pay for a year's subscription to Marvel Unlimited what's Marvel Unlimited well Timmy Marvel Unlimited is a, I guess, a streaming service, but for comic books. That's exactly what it is. It's Marvel's um, digital library. So every title that has been released digitally for the last sort of 12, 13 years, plus a bunch of select stuff from before then, which is growing all the time. Yeah, I say select. It's pretty definitive at this point. I yeah, think. there's not that many gaps. Uh, I mean, for Christ's sake, do you know what I looked up the other day? For, just curious. Marvel Fanfare. Jesus. And they've got about a quarter of it on there. So they're still adding stuff. Like, they're still putting things in there from time to time. And some some things will be there in random issues. Some limited series will have random issues out there because they're part of a themed thing, like yeah. a character playlist or an event. But uh, 
everything sort of from the 21st century is pretty much there now. And everything prior to that is mostly there and yeah. the gaps are being filled. Yeah. If it isn't there, it's probably something super obscure that you're looking for because you're wondering if they've got it. It's probably on its way. Like Marvel fucking fanfare, for example. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I finally took the plunge and I'm a big physical media guy. I prefer physical media as an option if I can when it comes to my reading because I like the idea that I could just go pick it off the shelf and read it. But I appreciate that that is becoming more and more of a luxury in the, today's day and age. I like to have all my media digitally so I have more room for models and toys. Exactly. That, well, that's the thing too. Part of it is like, uh, you know, living based on like where people are living and stuff. Like if people are in a small flat, they're not going to completely fill that small flat if they can have the same things on the tinterweb. Yeah, you start to get over your love of physical media once you've moved a few times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason why I got a mortgage here. Yeah. I don't want to get out of this building anytime soon. Yeah. So I can fill it with shit. But I'm also, not buying any more fucking books until I've moved at least once more. <laughs> but that's, you know, it, 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 it's also becoming a luxury because physical media, based on what it is, is becoming more of a collector's market in some mm. aspects, some respects. Um, mm. And then you've got the whole issue of the reason why I can't entirely divorce from physical media is because we're not yet in an era where broadband is flawless. No. A lot of things rely on that and market themselves off the idea of it's completely streaming and... There's a reason why Google Stadia has not been a runaway success. Oh God, I forgot about Google Stadia. There's a reason why, like, not everyone will get a Xbox Marketplace, you know, Xbox Live membership, PlayStation um, Plus membership. Well, that because came up they, recently, didn't it? When, yeah. when Sony were saying that we're going to close the PS3 and um, PSV at PSN store. Yeah. Because people are like, well, hang on, that's, about that. that's the only way to get that stuff because there's no physical media available easily for those things anymore. But then you have the opposite side of the spectrum where it's like somebody living in the countryside, somebody living in yeah. Bumblefuck, Missouri, like up a hill or down a lane or whatever, whose area does not have flawless internet or even competent internet yet. Where do you live if you don't live up a hill or down a lane? Uh, in the mind. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Those are the only two locations. If they don't have that option, then they're relying off of physical media full stop. Like, you know, I'm sure we'll have some listeners who listen to this who live in areas where the internet is patchy at best. Well, then how would they listen to us? Because we send... uh, Oh, yeah, you've not been involved in this. I've been sending episodes of of the podcast out on floppies uh, in the mail. We have a very small subscription list. They must be very expensive to ship because it would be a lot of floppies. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. You just pretend it's a birthday card and you put a normal stamp on it. Oh, we just send it in several... Postbox, man. What if they get there out of order? Well, it's just like finding old Doctor Who serials, I suppose. Yeah, no, but like mid-episode. Yeah. Because, like, a floppy fits at like four megabytes of information. That's like, do you know how many floppies you, well, you, of course, obviously you this do. This is the logic you, sound you do I make. Know. You do know. This is you, the logic blocker you, noise. You, <laughs> you in the state of all, you're a bunch of logic blockers. Uh. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, a two hour episode does end up being 85 envelopes. Yeah. Look, Chris, there's a point. Get to it. Send it out as MP1s. Fuck yeah. It's really condensed. It sounds like we're broadcasting from a submarine inside of a can of beans. Um, the Keep point going is, to the Patreon we'll start releasing everything in flak <laughs> the point is or ogvorbis <laughs> the 
Fucking hell. <laughs> Get access to our old episodes on LimeWire. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Bring the mic closer now. Uh, so... <laughs> So <laughs> move my face away from the mic to breathe. Uh, <laughs> but the reason. <laughs> but I'm having to. <laughs> but I'm having to be, you know, super cost effective like this year in more ways than one. And I realised that I haven't picked up a graphic novel in about nine months. And I wasn't like splurging, but I, on average, every year I'd probably spend about. 200 to 300 quid over the course of the year on books like like Marvel or DC or whatever oh, it must be nice to have a cheap hobby and uh, <laughs> well if you spread that out you know what I mean yeah, that's no, like, that's like, hey, no that is a cheap know. hobby by Iceland of course oh, you're yeah, a yeah. Warmer, boy Jesus you're in the hobby the hobby's so expensive it's got a capital fucking T it's part of the um but yeah, so I, so I, I you know, I, I was reading less because I'm spending less money on, on it because I, I can't really spend the money on it. Mm. And I'm missing out. I love those series. I've, I sort of, I found a way to save money on comics the last five years, uh, in the last two specifically in particular, by mm. picking runs that I own and going back to the very beginning of what I own and reading through them. Mm. I spent the better part of the last two years slowly, nighttime, rereading my way through 2001 Spider-Man to present day. Okay. And I've been loving it. And I mean, you see it there on the shelf. It doesn't, doesn't take, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't take up the most ginormous, like, space in a house. It's like one full no. shelf's worth is no. that run physically. But even so, it took a while to read because there's a lot to it. But I'm really missing reading out comics. And we talk a lot about comic-related media on here and, and comic yeah. adaptations. No. Right. And one thing that doesn't get enough airtime is the fucking comic books. <laughs> like, <laughs> it just isn't happening. The, the cl- in, in a world where the biggest franchise names on the planet all come from comic books right now, people still aren't buying fucking comic books. No. So, what I wanted to do this week was just talk a bit about what I've been reading. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about what you've been reading, because I know you're a Marvel Unlimited um uh, veteran at this point. Yeah, I've not been. I've not that. been reading much for a while because I let my subscription lapse. But well, you've been, you've been paying for a different subscription well, like yeah, as exactly, well. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. Um, it, porn. Yeah. Um, and funny porn <laughs> He's paying for his own big damn OnlyFans. Yeah. Just looking at his own content. Um, it's just close-ups of his wondrous beard. Jesus. Um, you are going full goatee at the moment as well. Mm. And this is beyond goatee. This is more like the fucking troll bridge. <laughs> That's the best joke of the episode so far. Um, but uh, mm. and 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 then just for a bit of shits and giggles, uh, we're going to do a little bit of trivia because this will be a mostly Marvel leaning episode. Stuck in Marvel Unlimited. Now, other comic book, other comic book companies available. There are other things are you should be reading. They are great. They are wonderful. But we're going to talk Marvel this week. Suck it up, Buttercup. Um, and I want to start with the fact that I finally, thanks to this goddamn app that cost me £50, have read through the very hard to find physically, mostly out of print, and even when they do definitive collections like the hardback from last year, they sell out within minutes and cost £70. I've read through the entirety of the uh, Dan Slot through into the Peter David run, the, 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 the continuous run. Of She-Hulk from uh, 2004 to 2008. Good old Shulky. 
fuck me, it's amazing. <laughs> I'm so happy that it... Because, again, that it happened before I was I had the disposable income to buy comic books. By the time I did, and I was like, I'm aware of that series and would like to read it. Um, it was not easy to find. And whenever they do re-release it in hardbacks or whatever, like once every six or seven years, it sells very quickly. Yeah. Because it's a legendary run. Yeah. I wanted to sort of touch base on it because the upcoming... Disney Plus show looks like that'll be the inspiration mostly will be this era of, of She-Hulk. The, the lawyer-centric storylines. Um, her superheroing is like her sideline gig. <laughs> and I really wanted to dive in. I'm so glad I did. And again, good thanks to the app, I can. We're not sponsored, but if they'd like to, just send us those action figures that you get for the deluxe subscriptions that we can't get in the UK. Boo. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Send us, send us both a pirate Kitty Pride. That's, that's, the, that's the next one. Pirate Kitty Pride. I love a Pirate Kitty Pride. It looks great. Lockheed's got a little hat. You should make Dawn of X your next fucking... Re- well, Hox, Pox and Docs. Hox, Pox and Docs. I do want to nip it. I do want to nip. Like, I do want to dip into some more Xbox. It, um, is, it is, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but, but yeah, my, my trajectory so far <clears throat> has been uh, She-Hulk, for starters. Uh, have you read that She-Hulk run? I've only read the first volume of Dan Slott's She-Hulk run. Uh, oh, was the, the first, first the first issues. yeah. Oh, oh, right, okay, yeah, because because it, it's like it's one year of about six uh, thirteen yeah. issues. I used to have the hardback, and then off it the goes first away. Six issues, yeah, right yeah. when I had the the graphic novel collection. Oh, they put which it out, which I've long since sold on. I finally got yeah. rid of them all because uh, I was like, I'm never going to finish this fucking collection. I'm just going to move it on to people who need to fill the gaps. Pe- people who joined late and yeah, want the older ones. Yeah. yeah. So I I did have yeah, single green female was one was part of that, which it's is the first great. six issues. And, it's fucking great. And I uh, I did partake, and it was very good. Uh, and, and then didn't read anymore. <laughs> it was that, that's like a twelve issue, twelve thirteen issue run, and then it, the book went away for a bit, and then it came back as an ongoing. Yeah. Like later in that same year. Uh, later, that very same B, um, and then Peter David uh, takes over because the thing is with that book is it sort of it takes place around in the Marvel universe around the same time as Civil War and then Secret Invasion. Yeah. So I've got to say, knowing those events helped a little bit because um, I sort of knew where suddenly the tide was in the world that they were in and mm. why things were a bit different. But the main reason to pick up that 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 book, the main reason I'm recommending um, She Hulk. Adjectiveless She-Hulk. <laughs> I um, love adjectiveless books. Is because it's such a fun playground for stories. No, I get you. So the basic premise is uh, Jennifer Walters, cousin of Bruce Banner, blood transfusion, saved her life, but it was a cousin's blood, so she transformed into the savage She-Hulk. And then eventually the sensational She-Hulk, because she's got more of a handle on it. It's not necessarily a split personality, but it's like she's living two lives. She is both she, savage and sensational. Yeah, she she is she is she is wearing a, a different uniform when she's Jennifer to when she is yeah. the She-Hulk. Yeah. And she's at this point in her life where she's like working alongside the Avengers, she's living at the mansion, she's incredibly promiscuous. She is sleeping around, she's a party animal, she's feeling great, and she's spending less time as Jennifer Walters. Yeah. Um, so there's a whole dependence on how she looks and feels when she is She-Hulk. Yeah. Um, when a law firm approaches her, uh, uh, she's in the middle of a rocky patch because the Avengers, especially Jarvis, are getting really sick of like the, the aftermath of parties and everything, the fact that they keep having 
new people, like new men leaving every other night, like yeah. leaving every other morning. So like, hi, could you show me the yeah. way out of here? I don't know. I got in, I got really drunk. It's like, oh, who brought you here? Uh, She-Hulk. It's oh, okay, like, cool. okay. Thanks. And it's that whole security issue of like, if you're going to start bringing people to the mansion, you have to let us know it's going to happen because the security detail and all this. And then it gets to the point where the security systems are updated so that anyone who's not an Avenger who hasn't logged that they're going to have a visitor, they start getting fired at by the gates. If someone comes in, like lasers start shooting, like, like fate, like, you know, stun lasers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just, very good. It's just like, Oh, for God's sake. So Jarvis is getting sick of her. Uh, Wasps getting a bit worried about her. And then this guy approaches from a law firm. He's just like, look, I want you to work for me. Yeah. I want Jennifer Walters to work for me because my law firm specializes in superhuman cases and you have dealt with that world mm. for the last few years of your life. You are a superhero, but you're also a damn good lawyer. So I want Jennifer Walters to come work for me. Mm, damn good and the, the scene where she accepts is brilliant because she's trying to get drunk in a bar. Yeah. <laughs> And it's just not working. No. And, and I can't remember which villain it is, but she has a chat with this. A super villain comes to the bar and she like stops and she's like, come here and talk to me. And they have a chat. And then she kind of knocks him out after he's, he's made it clear he's going to run away. <laughs> um, and and the, the guy, the lawyer comes up to him, he's like, right, what's going on? And she's, you know, not getting drunk. She hears him out. She accepts the job offer. Yeah. Turns back into Jennifer Walters to sort of say like, you know, you're not going to regret this. And immediately is like, thank you for... Uh, oh... Just like vomits all over his shoes because, of course, all the alcohol she's just drunk that's done nothing to her is now in a in a liver and stomach that is like one quarter of the size of what yeah, it was. That'll do it. A moment ago, and she's just that'll do it. It's fucking great, and the whole book is riddled with that like brilliant sense. It's a funny book, yeah, and and it uses the comedy for her to mask the pain she's going through, yeah. And it's 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 done so well because it never you never have a moment where a character just like says, Here's what the book is about and what really psychologically is going on. Yeah. Even though one of the recurring characters is Doc Samson, who becomes her psychiatrist. She meets with him once a week. Ah, that's a fucking week. guy. It was integrated really well because it's he's sort of the the way that you can keep this book with a you know, with a toe, a green toe in the whole gamma world. Oh stuff. no, I get you, yeah, yeah. But you. but also like he he doesn't feel out of place in what is essentially a big budget like comedy drama series about a lawyer. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like totally. she she would see her therapist once a week if she had to like go to the therapy sessions. Why not make it a guy who is a licensed therapist and a gamma hero? <laughs> like why uh, not? Ah yes, everyone's favorite gamma hero, Doc Samson. Doc Samson. Hey, still holding out for fucking. Um, Phil Dunphy from my uh, from um, oh yeah Modern Family being Doc Samson at some happen, point. Didn't it? That's he, not he's happen. he's he's Leonard Samson in the MCU. It's not so happen. it won't happen. But I like the fact that there's a Listen what if somewhere where he's happen. got a big green ponytail and is jacked. Fucking um, hell! So what follows is her working for a law firm that that deals with uh, superhuman crimes. And that first that first volume, the first six issues, is mm. sort of like a great anthology series who's who about it one of them is uh <laughs> one of them is a man is killed in like a in like a centrifuge in like a, like an experiment and a nautical airspace research experiment. oh yes 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 yes, yes, yes uh yes, yes, yes. he he his wife and he like sort of split she like 
uh, dumps him and announces she's going to divorce him because he's spending too much time on this like jet they're trying to develop for space travel. Cool. All he right. goes in the centrifuge to set up the experiments for later, and someone in the control room turns it on, and he's ripped to pieces. And the reason why it's a suspected murder uh, and suspicious activity, and the reason why it can go to court, yeah, is because his ghost has shown up. <laughs> Doctor Strange is like, yeah, so I found this this ghost, um, and. He's been murdered, so we're going to take it to trial. Murder? What made you think it was murder? As murder. So, but, but the the story begins like the start of the case is like the the judge wants to sort of throw it out, and you know the the, the defense for for uh, the guy's wife, yeah. who seems to be the chief suspect, uh, wants to throw it out on the grounds that we, this court serves the living. Like, does there's no rules <laughs> about us serving Fuck the dead? So she Hulk brings in Ben Grimm. All right. Who at this point has been dead at least once. It's like, right, so here's, here's my first witness. is my friend, Benjamin Grimm. You've been dead. Yep. Uh, Benjamin J. Grimm. Benjamin J. Yeah, Grimm. Fine. You've been dead, yep, and I don't recommend it. Great. Um, you're alive now. Yeah. Do you feel like you should be represented if you wanted to come to a court of law? Uh, do you feel like the court should be able to represent? Well, obviously, yeah, I'm alive. So then the judge is like, yeah, but th- just because like people in your line of work... Can come back from the dead doesn't mean that like they're not they're not dead they're alive he's alive he can be represented she's like yes but what I'm trying to prove is that anyone who's dead could theoretically come back to life yeah it's possible and the judge says only to you superhero types and then Joan goes okay show of hands in the infamous Infinity Gauntlet event that occurred a few years ago <laughs> who here was snapped out of existence and then brought back. And about half of the court yeah. put their hands up. And she goes, would you wish to be represented in a court of law? Should you need a lawyer or representation right now? And they're all like, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, she turns back to the judge. She's like, there you go. And he's like, fuck, we're having a recess. When we come back, we'll assess this man's case. And it's like, great. There we go. They come back. He accuses the wife um, and not the co-worker who, who was on site as well. And she wanted to do it as revenge. But that's when uh, Jen and her, her colleague, uh, Mallory Book, um, get the uh, get sort of a suspicion that there's more going on here. And again, I won't spoil it. There is more to it. But it's like <laughs> finding that intriguing kind of superhuman way to go around it. There's a dude who in an accident at work gets superpowers. He becomes this like glowing um, Adonis of a man. Uh, who's like always sort of got a radioactive glow to his body. His and name he, started ex- he started exhibiting other superpowers who wants to sue the company that he worked for. Mm. But they're like, we're not, you're not, you have no grounds for, 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 for suing them here because you were not injured in an act- accident at work. <laughs> you became a better human. Like you were literally a superhuman. You have a healing factor. You've gone handsome as fuck. You're cut like a goddamn mountain. Like you, people have to chisel their way to getting abs like yours. Like you, you he's got cum gutters. Yeah. Regular old cum gutters. Um, like he is, he is, he, he's this gorgeous superhuman now. Who's who's like in nine. Is vulnerable. there any other kind? But he's like, so they they, they, they he can't sue them because that you weren't injured. This is true. You, you were injured. you were improved. You were healed. You were revived. Meanwhile, back at home, he's having to sleep in the guest bedroom because every time he turns over in his sleep, he's broken one of his wife's bones. Mm. His daughter's being bullied at school. 
Do you know what I mean? So it's like there's this whole side of it where you go, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is she's terrified. His wife's terrified that he's he's gonna leave her for like. Uh, this is she sort of has a nightmare where like Scar- Scarlet Witch. No, but she she plays a big part <laughs> in the series. Yeah. Uh, Scarlet Witch and, and like She Hulk and Wasp are all fawning over him, and he's hanging out with the event. Do you know what I mean? There's like yeah, real okay, distress yeah. is being caused in the family because of all this, and and like it's a great idea for a story because like yeah, she. She-Hulk and her firm have to prove that he was injured. Yeah. And the way that they do it, and this isn't the climax of the story because there's way more to the story, oh, but the way they do it is they prove that he died. He oh, died when he fell okay. in that vat. He's gone. Like, you're claiming that your client was improved. I'm claiming that your client, your your employee, doesn't exist anymore. Ergo, your company killed him. Ergo, you should pay out the life insurance... Do you know what I mean? Like to his yeah. family. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God. There's some great stuff. But the most infamous one from that period of the book is. So one of the guys who works there, his uh, sweet nickname is Pug. Oh. Was about, he was a law student, then became a bouncer. And then one night he was nearly killed by the Magia who were just being cocky shits getting into the club. Yeah. He was saved by Spider Man. The reason why he went back into law and found out this company and, and wanted to join them in superhero cases yeah. is because he wants to essentially look out for superheroes. You look out for us, who's looking out for you? Yeah. He moves into the apartment building that Jen like has moved into for the law firm, like so we can keep an eye on her. And she's like, that's a bit creepy. And he's like, honestly, if you feel that way, I will go. Like I will move somewhere else. I just want you to know there's someone here who can help you out. I'm not I'm not trying to encroach on her. This isn't me asking you out on a date. Like, yeah. if you need a hand, because I know how fucking tough this is. And he does form an attachment to her, which she never sort of notices. And eventually, he grows out of in a completely healthy, non-toxic way. Fantastic. And it's like, what a great bit of storytelling. I do love that. I do love, um, like, completely healthy, non-toxic character growth. Because, of course, like, your lead character of this book, she is going through toxic relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Where she is basically just using people as temporary gratification and then moving on. And she has to come to terms with that over time. And, you know... Um, there's a whole thing with her and John Jameson becoming an item and then getting married. Ooh. And then the fact that marriage may or may not accidentally have been influenced by... Uh, Who? Star, um, oh, uh, Star Fox. Star Fox, uh, a.k.a. Eros. Eros, that's it. Uh, the... Brother of the Mad Titan and man whose power basically is Loki aphrodisiac yeah, pheromones, it's, he's the, which he's... becomes... Yeah. A court case storyline, yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is yeah. fascinating because this dude was an Avenger yeah. in the eighties and is a fan favorite character for a lot of people. And this was the first story to sort of go, yeah, cool. Um, isn't his superpower basically Rehypnol? Yeah. Do we want to be giving this guy a pass? And by the end of all that stuff, you do learn that he has never violated the um. The sort of the the consent of his friends, but he also has been fast and loose with it to a point where he may have forgotten boundaries. Do you yes. know what I mean? So it's like you you've never maliciously or harmfully intended to commit essentially sexual assault. Mm. But the reason why it comes around is because he sleeps with a woman on Earth during a visit. Yeah, who is married with children. And had no desire to do it. Uh, he didn't make her do it, but he obviously didn't 
realize that she has a life beyond me meeting her, flirting with her, and us going back to the to like her hotel room to have sex. Yes. He never checked it. So it's that thing of you never check to see if she was single and ready to mingle. Do you know what I mean? It's like even if she because they, they talk about like part of his power is that the person who does it does kind of want to do it. But yeah. on that subconscious, this hot guy's flirting with me and that's kind of nice sort of level. This Do you know what I mean? Guy. So they really go into the intricacy of it where it's like, we're not letting him get away from this scot-free, but we also know no, that these situations... But we also know that these situations can be a lot more complex than, you know, he violated someone. You know what I mean? And it sort of use it as an allegory for these stories in real life. Yeah. It's done with so much care. And no, like, piss take or humour around it. Yes. But it uses these fantastical situations to tell the story. Um, and, and, then, and then the lasting effects of his kind of pheromone power mm. stick around. Because working for them is one of the, um, the Mad Thinker's old androids, the Awesome Android. Yes. Who is now nicknamed yes, yes. Awesome Andy. Yes. Who is just this giant grey hulking creature with a square block for a head. Yeah. Who communicates with a little chalkboard around his neck. Yes. And does odd jobs around the office because they've realised that... so good. This is a supervillain's semi-sentient android. Yeah. Who's not a villain. And we, he's taken away as evidence in a case. Yeah. And then they give him a job and give him a flat in the apartment block. Because they're like, why wouldn't we? Like, he he helps everyone out. He's not malicious. And he seems to have an a, at least... A, 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 a basic sentience. Yeah. The guy deserves like the chance to work and live. So let's give him that. As do we all. And 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 awesome Andy gets into this relationship with with um with with Mallory Book. And that becomes awkward because like she was madly in love with another person and it starts to move around the two gun kid. And there's all this stuff. Sure. Oh, it's great. The two, sure. the two gun kid gets brought in because there's a there's a crime committed where a guy murders someone because he knows that man was going to murder him a week from then. Yes. And and they have to do the they have to examine the the case, but because it's a time crime. The TVA are brought in to like mediate the court case. Yes, you, you mentioned this. It's the, so good. On the podcast. Uh, and yeah, the yeah. two gun kid is at the end of that. It's like, all right, you've got to take somebody back from us. Like this guy, we've taken him because he was involved in too many time traveling things, but he's obviously not a threat. Yeah. He's a good person. We've assessed him. So you have to take him back to your time and basically be his custodian nah. and make sure that he settles in and, and ingratiates into the modern day, which the two gun kid has been in the modern day enough. No, yeah. he's basically a gun-toting cowboy superhero yeah, from a, the Wild West. Isn't he the one that there was a lot of controversy because they did a Marvel Max two-gun kid and he made him gay? Yeah, which is like, what's the problem there? I think it was <laughs> honestly, I, what's the problem I, there? I think it was the portrayal, not the oh the way they did it. Was, yeah. Okay, all right. Um, from what I remember, uh, it is a complete is coincidence and not at all a dirty sex joke that I am. As we're now wrapping up that little moment, opening up a box of. F- Mint fingers. Oh, mint fingers. Um, um, yeah, but but uh, it all ties back into uh, Pog wanting to help superheroes and he, his statement case. Yes. Where he wants Jen to be the first, but she tricks him into being the first because technically she's involved in the case in some way because she is at this point dating John Jameson, which means she's attached to one of the people who's being prosecuted. Uh, so, no, sorry, can't be involved. No one likes a conflict of interest. They approach Spider Man by making a shit little spider signal and <laughs> shining it. On a building. <laughs> um, uh, and they approach Spider-Man and they say, right, okay, how would you like us to help you take down your greatest enemy? Spider-Man's like, I can't see how suing the Green Goblin or Doc Ock is going to make a dent. 
No, you're real greatest enemy. And they shine the light on the Daily Bugle. Yay! And he's like, oh. So he takes Jameson to court. And this is probably the most, like, seen... Oh, yeah, I know exactly the panel you mean. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, on the page, I should say. They get Jameson in. They basically prove that Jameson is the bigger menace, meaning that he's been projecting. So that's yeah. their case. He's been projecting onto Spider-Man things that Spider-Man has never done. And as such, it's defamation of their client. Um... And because they, they link into the whole, like, you know, Scorpion, that happened because you co-financed it. The yeah. Spider Slayers, you co-financed it. And at one point, piloted one of them with your freaking face on a little telly screen on it. Oh, like, you, you are Spider-Man right there. So good. Stuff that, again, Dan Slott clearly loves because he brings it up here mm-hmm. and then adapts it into like, a Spider-Man stuff. And it's mm-hmm. used later on, like, Chip Zdarsky taps into it in uh, Peter Parker. Like, Spider-Man. Why wouldn't you? Robot stuff. Move. Little James face. Face a tiny little screen. And uh, so you've got all that stuff going on. But then they have the moment where Spider-Man goes to the stand. He web swings into the court and lands in the witness box. And the prosecution says, like, objection, we don't even know that that's him. <laughs> He's like going, you really? what? But yeah, you're wearing a mask. I just I just swung in here and crawled down the wall. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what you... What do you want? point you want to make here. But um, they said, why do you think it is... That Mr. Jameson targets you <laughs> so violently all the time. And Spider-Man sort of just sits back in the witness box and goes, oh, God, that's easy. It's because I'm black. <laughs> it's so good. Everyone. I've never seen illustrations so perfectly depict a room full of people's assholes tightening. Yeah. The old guy, oh, God. And the prosecution even... Looks at his client, and James is like, "No, I, no, I didn't. I have some of my best friends. That, yeah, the last thing he manages to write is some of my best friends, and that's when Spidey cuts in and goes, "Yeah, I'm kidding." But it's the fact that he waits long enough for him to go back to that old fucking chestnut. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely <laughs> love it. So good. Um, I really recommend it. You learn a bit more about Jen's lore as it goes on. The ongoing rivalry with Titania, which of course will. Be relevant, a required reading for some who are curious before yeah, the She-Hulk series. Yeah, we'll turning up as Titania, which is interesting casting. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. we'll see where it goes. I wonder if Absorbing Man will rock back up into it. Because uh, yeah. they're married uh, in the comics. Nah, they won't. And, uh, and, and there is a Crusher Creel. He was in season two of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes. And the actor was really good. So he, it wouldn't exactly did... hurt to just go, do you want to play him again in this in this? And he Disney was show? an Absorbing Man. He did absorb. Uh, uh, stuff was absorbed by him. <laughs> Um, it's also an excuse for cameos too. Yeah, that's true. Now, Doctor Strange pops up more than once in this series. There's an episode. Yeah, you know, there's an episode. There is a story arc about Spider-Man, like suing Jameson, and oh, the way that wraps up. Do you know how it wraps up? No. So they're so successful that they're nearing wrapping up the case. But that's when Ditto, their assistant, is a shapeshifter, which sure. is great for serving people with subpoenas. Sure, I'll um, bet. I'll bet. Serves Peter Parker with a subpoena. Oh. Because his pictures have helped J. Jonah Jameson uh, with his smear campaign. Ah. So Peter would have to prove that, like, that was not his intent. But, of course, once he does that in the court, uh, the defence, so She-Hulk and Pug, point out that, yeah, but... But... You saw what he did with your early stuff, yet you kept giving him pictures. So mm. if you if you believe that he's being harsh on him, which I, we believe that you think he's being horrible to Spider Man, 
Yeah. But you still gave him fuel for the fire. Also, wasn't there a case of you doctoring a photo one time, and then there was a case of this one time, and and he's just like, there was one time where like, uh, Doctor Octopus revealed that you w were Spider Man, um, which obviously is not true, but like, you know, <laughs> who's to say you weren't taking photographs in a replica costume and Cut selling to them a few on? Later when meaning that you, happens. <laughs> yeah, but like meaning that you were helping mm. Jameson perpetuate these lies about Spider Man. And Peter's in court, so like, um, okay, yeah. And then it cuts to Spider-Man arriving at the offices after hours, knocking on the window, be like, hi, I want to settle. I want to settle. And they're like, what do you mean? It's like, I want to settle. <laughs> it's like, why? It's just like, I just, I think this is going to go on too long and it's ridiculous. I want to settle. I probably couldn't even cash the check anyway. Uh, if, if Yeah, I want to settle. It's like, you're on the way to possibly make millions. He's like, I want to settle. I want to settle. Please. And here, are my, here are my terms. And essentially the terms that are worked out as punishment for Joe Jameson and Peter Parker are um, that they have to wear chicken suits for a day, stand outside the Bugle and hand out a special edition uh, of the Bugle talking about how great Spider-Man is. Good. Which, of course, Peter's Very just enjoying because he's like, you know, nothing tastes better than not being sued. Nothing <laughs> tastes better than the chicken I'm dressed as. Yeah, whereas Jameson's hating it and every time Peter's like, oh, come on, Jonah, this is fun. He's like, stop using my name! Jolly Jonah. Stop using my name! <laughs> Um, yeah, I recommend She-Hulk a lot. Um, you binged a shitload of Fantastic Four for about a year. I did. Thanks to Marvel Unlimited. I read the first 300 odd issues. And then I got into the 90s stuff, where it gets bad. Oh, pre-Mark pre Wade. Yeah, like pre-Onslaught pre stuff. Oh, no. Yeah. And it's a lot of like, oh, let's bring a future version of Franklin back, who's all grown up, but now he's a villain, and he has weird powers, and now Sue's got an evil personality inside her called Malice which dress who dresses in bondage gear and that yeah God, that era yeah it's fucking weird how does it work binging from the 60s is it just you, is, is it just you pick the title and carry on or was yeah. there a reading list that you went with no I just, I just went to Fantastic Four and read it all <laughs> um <laughs> not the best idea um there's a lot of guff in there but I mean, original Fantastic Four, my like first few years. Those first and Jack, two issues are really strong. A lot of stuff dated, mm. absolutely dated in some ways. Too right. But that sense of fun and adventure and just like having a good time is there. Mm. Um, the thing is so easily established in the early run as like one of the best characters Marvel's got. Mm -hmm. Like he's so freaking wonderful. I love Ben Grimm. Anyone who knows me can tell you that I love Ben Grimm. You say it all the time. I do say it all it's the time. It's your catchphrase on this podcast. Yeah, I love Benjamin J. Grimm. Um, the ever-loving blue-eyed thing. Um, <laughs> is that how you worded it every time as well? <laughs> I love Benjamin J. Grimm, the ever-loving blue-eyed thing. Because he is ever-loving and blue-eyed. Um, it's just... <laughs> damn those Yancey Street kids. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I... You can do that. There's this thing you can do on Marvel Unlimited. You can binge a series. I wouldn't recommend it, but you can do it. Yeah. If you want to do it. And then you know, they have reading lists for like events and stuff. So I did I did things like read um, like a bunch of the X events from the 90s. Like I read all the Fatal Attractions. Okay. Um, don't. Uh, <laughs> I read all of Executioner's the, song. Feel slightly better. You just went back and read yeah. the swimsuit issues. Uh, for the articles. For the yeah. articles. I love the articles. I don't even know if the swimsuit issues are on there. <clears throat> they're probably not. Um, weren't they wizard publications? No, I think they were Marvel publications. I just don't think they're on there. Give me a minute. 
Because why would he be? <laughs> it's just cheesecake. Um, yeah, but the X Men's a soap opera, so like, why wouldn't they have the uh, Hollyoaks yearly calendar? Yeah, true. That's, that's true. Well. Zero results for swimsuit. Yeah, there we go. Um, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things you can go back and read the Infinity Gauntlet. But why would you? Um, <laughs> read issues one, two, three, and six. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, all of Star Wars. The Star Wars stuff's all on there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that, that's on. That is on my um. Yeah. To read stuff. That's well I want to catch up with that. Yeah. Um. It's Jason Aaron, isn't it? It starts with Jason Aaron, then Kieran yeah. Gillen takes over. Oh, well, there you go. Kieran Gillen's incredible. And then you can follow by author too. That's another thing you can do. You can follow by writer and artist if you just want to really dip into it. There's create Charles creator series over for the, when it gets renumbered. So you can see which which uh, which writers and which artists like create characters at the beginning, and you can follow their work throughout that. Yep. There's a little, little little photo of Stan there. Ah, Stan. You have a loving blue-eyed Stan. You have a loving. Was, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what I like about them is some of them are portfolio like photo shoot pictures, and some of them are clearly just, just like taken yeah. off of Facebook and stuff, which is quite fun. And then some are just the unlimited logo. <laughs> yeah. They don't have pictures. It's Chris Claremont there looking like um, Terrence Stamp. Yeah, like Terrence Stamp and Malcolm McDowell had a baby. Yes, <laughs> Chris Claremont, Jack Kirby with the thickest eyebrows and turtleneck on the whole database. Get in um, there and read the Chris Claremont fucking X Men run. I need to get on that. Something that they've introduced recently as well for anyone who's like, do you know what? I like the sound of this. Uh, again, we're not sponsored, but if they'd like to, you can do a seven day free trial anytime, um, and you could do a monthly subscription from nine dollars ninety nine a month, so about seven pounds something a month. Yeah. Um, if you're enjoying it after a couple of months and you're like, do you know what, I'll drop 50 quid on it, that'll give you a year. Mm. So you're saving a lot of money doing a year subscription. But something they've introduced recently with the update for the app is uh, called Infinity Comics. Oh, no, I remember these. Yeah, they, they, they've, they've revamped the line, which essentially it's primers. It's like, here's an introduction to these characters, mm. some original material, some uh, selective stuff, some database things, Marvel handbook kind of mm-hmm. dealios. Um, and they sort of sync up to uh, certain series... Uh, or provide brand new stories of certain series and they dip back into all the things. So usually right. usually with what's going on in the world as well, they'll team up uh, with that and cross over. So the most recent ones have been Ms. Marvel, Spider-Gwen, uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur, sure. who have been in the series I've been reading a lot lately, which I didn't expect, which has been Venom. And I'm like, sure. there is a lot of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur sure. in the series. Uh, Moon Knight, uh, a Venom comic, Captain Marvel, Black Panther, Amazing Spider-Man... Fucking lovely little run of Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane, specifically, oh. which is such an underrated, weird little comic. Um, but very nice if you just have to sort of a teen drama kind of book. Yeah. It's loosely, very loosely... It's not canon, but it's like you could imagine it was if you wanted, because yeah. it's just cute. Uh, Black Widow, Amazing Fantasy Prelude, a bunch of Shang-Chi. Uh, <clears throat> it's Jeff, which is the shark. There's been a lot of it's Jeff it's lately. Jeff. It's Jeff. It's Jeff. Little shark. Uh, Captain America books. Um, Little Marvels. So some Scotty oh, Young yeah. fun cartoon I'm stuff. Scotty Young. Love it. Can't remember Scotty Young. Love it. X-Men Unlimited. Uh, as recently this week, Venom slash Carnage is one. So obviously setting up for that sort of stuff. I've been, re- I've been reading Venom. The uh, Mike Costa run. All right. I've not read any of that. Which is... Um, the last that Venom I read was the Agent Venom stuff. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I, 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 I followed the Flash Thompson one up until it finished in, in the books. And then I read a bit of his time in Thunderbolts. And then I kind of need to... 
I kind of need to find a way of following his stuff proper because then all I read of him after that was when he would pop into Amazing Spider-Man. He was in... Uh, what was he? he was in a couple, uh, Gar- Guardians because he went on to become Venom yes, Space Knight yes. where they finally went to the planet of the symbiotes and learned that the species are called the Klintar. Klintar. And the planet is Klintar. Um, we are all Klintar. And we learned yeah. that the symbiotes aren't a nasty, horrible, parasitic race by law. Like, they just want to... Bomb with a host and exist. That's all yeah. they want. Um, they just want to be loved. Except that gets complicated where I want to now. In the Donny Cates. Are you getting into the war, the, the uh, King in Black stuff? Heading into it. Yeah. I've met Null. And that's okay. all begun. And now we're in 2018, 2019. So the look of the book and some of the relationships are starting to become. Um, recognisable to people who in 2018 mm. have just met Venom by watching a certain motion picture starring Tom Hardy. Venom. Yeah. So, knock, um, knock. let the devil in. Let the devil in. More on that in a couple of weeks. Oh, God. But, uh, yeah, it, I'm, I'm loving it. And the thing is, reading this has made me remember why I did like that character at some point. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? like that character at any point? Because when a good writer who's got a good idea writes them... It's pretty fucking spectacular. Like, I mean, as, as a kid, Venom. I like Venom because he just looked cool. As most people still just like Venom because he looks cool. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Abby. Um, but like the thing, the book that made me go I actually really like Venom was the uh, Daniel Way uh, series, like the 15 issue series from yeah. the early 2000s, which starts out essentially as a remake of the Thing. Yes. With a symbiote uh, yeah, sample yeah, in it in yeah. a lab in Antarctica, and that run is. If anyone's like, I want to read something with Venom in it, pick up the Daniel Way run or get Marvel Unlimited for a free trial and read the Daniel Way, like, 15 issue run. 2003? Beautiful artwork. Humberto Ramos, like, early in his Marvel oh, days. Oh, yeah. Love Humberto Ramos. Fucking stunning. If you want a, a good looking Venom book, the story's all right. Uh, Venom uh, versus Carnage from 2005, 2006. Mm. Um, that is a beautiful looking book. It's Clayton Crane's early Marvel. Oh, book. Clayton Crane's an incredible artist. He draws symbiotes like no one else because he's got that digital painting look to everything. Yeah, so they yeah. just they look sinewy and yeah. Um, and this thing is, it's actually making me uh, a little more pliant towards going to see Venom. Let there be carnage now because I'm like, all right, okay. okay. I mean, it's gonna be fucking weird. Yeah. Oh yeah, it'll be shite. It'll be shite, but it'll be fun shite, I think. Speaking about fun shite. <gasps> you spotted the giant book on the desk. Yeah, let's you? do let's get into the giant book on the desk. So I was bought this a while back, uh Christmas present, I think. Yeah. It's called Obsessed with Marvel. Uh, by Peter Sanderson and Mark Simarak. And it's uh, a couple of years old, this edition. I'm using my face to turn pages. Put it over your face. Put it in your mouth. Put it in your mouth. Uh this was published in twenty seventeen, so missing the last like, you know, five years of, of stuff. Good, because so am I. But this is a Marvel trivia book. Yeah. That's pretty thick one, isn't it? Look at that. Yeah, I want to touch That's it. That's about an inch thick. No, oh, have little, yeah. Have a little paw. Don't don't, don't read the pages too much, but have a little paw through it. See how extensive this is. It's got a nice wiggle to it. You can hear the wheel? There we go, that's a good wiggle. I think this was Ooh. created mostly. Yes. To act as like a... It's got factoids throughout it about different eras and different stories. I think it's broken up by character, which is quite good. Yeah, different segments on certain characters or certain story arcs, certain eras of the publisher even in some places. Yeah, it gives some X-Men shit, yeah. But what's quite cool about this book is I think it only exists for like pub quiz writers. Yeah. Because it's very extensive. Like, this is nuts. 
It is not so. And the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because I did a live stream with Lou the other day where we played that over there, the M&S Marvel Comics quiz card game. All right, okay. Now, it's it's bookmarked in it because we're going to do part two soon. All right, I'm going to leave that. But, but that is odd because every card is a 50-50 chance of it being three, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, that one, yay, kind of questions, or three, you fucking what? I have no idea what that is, kind of questions. And that's a... Marks and Spencer like stocking filler gift that is pounding your brain into paste. I could. I'm all. I'm already looking at the three questions on the back, and I have no fucking idea. And then you've got this book, which is like tri- triple that. Like, so I thought, why not? We have a little sort of. Let's see if we can get any of these. Not even a competition. Just a. Can we answer any of these? Well, kind of let's. Well, where do we want to start? We've got. We've got eight, nine chapters. We've got Fantastic Four, Spider Man. The Avengers, X-Men, The Incredible Hulk, Marvel Knights, Horror Heroes, Cosmic Characters, and Marvel Time. Marvel, stop. Marvel Time. Mm-hmm. Marvel mm-hmm. Time it is. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't selecting it, I was just singing, but I'll, I'll do it. Let's do it. I'm curious. 2.31 it starts at. 23.31. Just, yeah, 2,500 questions in this. Fucking hell. Yeah. 23.31, Marvel Time. Stop. Marvel Time. Oh. Right, all right. Question 23.31. Okay. What is Baron Strucker's first name? Is it A. Ernst, B. Wolfgang, C. Werner, or D. Fritz? I think his is Wolfgang, B. Wolfgang von Strucker. You're correct. Hey! Uh, 2332. Play along at home. <laughs> Whose battle cry was, OK, Axis, here we come? A. Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos. B, the Invaders, C, the 1940s Young Allies, or D, the Kid Commandos. Okay, Axis. So I'm assuming Axis of Evil. Yeah, it's a World War II thing. I'm going to... This is a total stab in the dark. I'm going to say C. It was B, the Invaders. Okay. All right. Okay. 2333. Which fellow member of the Liberty Legion did Miss America marry? Was it A, the Thin Man? B, the Blue Diamond? C, the Whizzer? Or D, the Patriot. I've barely heard of any of these characters. I'm going to say the Patriot, because it seems like the most obvious thing for Miss America to No, do. You're, you're wrong. It was C, the Wizard. Oh, the Wizard! Wizard and Chips! <laughs> Are these chronological by year as well? I don't or... know. No, they can't be, because the other stuff's earlier. I think. Oh, I don't mean in like... each section, sorry. Is it sort of like chronological questions... Because like these seem to be very early Marvel Comics days kind of kind of. No, because it jumps in a couple of questions. You'll see. Um, uh, okay, twenty three thirty four. Who created the original Marvel Boy of the nineteen forties? Was it A. Bill Everett, B. Bob Oxner, C. Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, or D. Stan Lee and Jack Kirby? What were the first two again? A. Bill Everett, B. Bob Oxner. I think it was Bob Oxner. It was not Bob Oxner. Ah, damn it. it I'm, only not, I'm only going off of like when he operated. It was Joe Simon and Jack Kirby. Of course, yeah. Who also created... Captain America. Yay! Which is brilliant here, because like, that was what I was thinking, like, 40s, who's working there at that point? Yeah. But also, uh, everyone's called Marvel here, because the company's not called Marvel yet. Nope. Like, and everyone was it's, chasing It's timely after, comics at this point. Everyone was chasing after the... Um, the 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 the
Captain Marvel popularity. That's what. Yeah, because because he he come after Superman for Charlton, and everyone mm. was like, "This guy's great," and then started buying his books. Yeah, and everyone was chasing that dragon while DC were going, "We're gonna sue a bitch," and then instead, "We're gonna buy a bitch," and then we're not gonna use their bitch, mm. and then eventually go, "We've got a Captain Marvel character. We should probably do something with it." <laughs> Let's uh, call him Shazam. Twenty three thirty five. Who has not been known as Marvel Boy? Oh fuck. A. Martin Burns, B. Vance Astrovic, C. Jeff Mace, or D. Robert Grayson. Vance Astrovic? You are wrong. It is in fact C. Jeff Mace. Total stab in the dark. I'm honest. Fuck Martin Burns and Jeff Mace. Would you see what I mean? Yeah. It's it's like it's deep cut shit in this book. Let's like for example, let's 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 let's. Pick another section. Let's, Let's go, head to a more sort of X-Men, known one. Because I know X Men. You know your X Men. Oh, well, I know. X-Boy. I know some of my X Men. Ten ninety three. Uh, and let's let's see because it's just deep cuts. Let's go to page one of the X Men. I'm loving questions. some of the deep cuts though. Which Marvel hero? I mean, the fact that this is an X Men section probably might will narrow this down. Which Marvel hero debuted in the X Men number 10, 1965? Oh. Is I know right options. Is it a the mimic? B, Quicksilver, C, Scarlet Witch, or D, Kazar? Lord of the Savage Land. It's Kazar. It is Kazar. Yeah. Oh, shit. Who created the Sentinels? Dr. Stephen Lang, Judge Chalmers, Dr. Bolivar Trask, or Larry Trask? See, that's a way easier one. That's Bolivar Trask. I know, but Larry Trask is such a great name. There is a Larry Trask. That's one of his descendants. (laughs) Uh, To whom was Charles Xavier once engaged? Gabrielle Haller, Haller, Emma Frost, Raven Duck Home, or Moira McTaggart? I think he was only engaged to. Out of those, I think he, was, he had relationships with all of them, but I think the only one he was engaged to, and I could be wrong, is Moira. It's Moira. Yeah. It's Moira! How did the Juggernaut get his powers? From a magic ruby, mutation, genetic engineering, from a magic spell. It is indeed from a magic ruby. A ruby, 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 ruby. Ah! Is a ruby a gem? Yeah. Ruby is a kind of gemstone. Uh, can you get uh, any Sitarak cuttings at... Um, uh, i trying to think of a jewellery shop. It shows a fossil shop. A jewelry shop. Really yeah, fossil, there, there we go. There we fossil. What's the other one? What's the one does the bracelets? Everyone's a charm bracelet. Pandora. Pandora, that's it. Um, As opposed to Pot Dora. <laughs> <laughs> that got him. <laughs> Who or what is Zabu? A war scroll? One of the Morlocks? A saber toothed tiger? Or a member of a Savage Land tribe? It is a saber toothed tiger Fuck belonging yeah. to the aforementioned Kazar. There's two Kazar questions yeah, on one page. Yeah, yeah. Who was not an original member of the First Brotherhood of Evil Mutants? Who was Ooh. not an original member? The Toad, the Blob, the Scarlet Witch, or the Mastermind? Which is just Mastermind, I added it there for comedic effect. Blob. Blob. That is, what I w- that is actually what I would have known. I would have struggled with a lot of this page. They recruited enough. Blob. After their first appearance, from what I remember. What is the Master Mold? An enormous mutant fungus? A master roboticist? Quite like that. Magneto's device for creating artificial mutants? Or an enormous sentinel? It's an enormous, like, comically huge sentinel that makes little sentinels. It's a comically huge sentinel. <laughs> it's a comically huge sentinel that sits on a big chair and makes sentinels! <laughs> 
<laughs> the sixties were a fucking wild time, man. Does it, it, it poop them out? Uh, I'm gonna skip a little ahead. See what we do with the X Men. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, cool. 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 No doubt. Right there. Cute. Yeah. Cute. Cute. Oh, hang on. No, there is a difficulty level. Oh, okay. Wait, hang on. Oh. oh, no, there isn't. No, there isn't. Oh. No, there isn't. Sorry. I thought there was. There's a thing called Sorry. Obsessed with Marvel. That's just what it's called. That's just the name of the fucking book. That's just the name of the book. Who drew the original Longshot miniseries? Bill Sankiewicz. 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 Well done. I mean, it's not that. No, it's not Sankiewicz. Uh, John Romita Jr., Arthur Adams or Walter Salmonson? It's Arthur Adams. It's Arthur Adams. Who is Longshot? A mutant oh, with good luck cunt. powers? An alien humanoid from another planet? Artificially created humanoid from another dimension? Or a stuntman who gains superpowers? It's kind of all of the above. Uh, artificially <laughs> created human from another dimension. He's Fuck from, yeah. Because he's from uh, Mojo World. How many fingers has he got? Three. Incorrect. He has eight. <laughs> Two thumbs. And three Six fingers. Fuck off. <laughs> I hate you. Who is Deathbird? Lalandra's, oh. Lalandra's sister, yeah. Lalandra's mother, one of the Apocalypse's, one of Apocalypse's horsemen, or one of Count Nefaria's uh, Annie men? No, she's one of, she's Lalandra's sister. Fuck yeah, she is. Which, with which earth creatures beside humans do the Shi'ar share physical attributes? Birds. Yep. <laughs> Who this is all good Claremont stuff now. This is like my era of X-Men. <laughs> Who ordered the Marauders to massacre the Morlocks? That sounds like a great lyric in a metal track. Ah. Who ordered the Marauders to massacre the Morlocks? Apocalypse, uh, Mr. Sinister, Bastion, or Magneto? It was Mr. Sinister. Fuck yeah, it was. Who is not one of the Marauders? Arclight, Scalp Hunter, Harpoon, or Warhawk? Dead air on a podcast, boys and girls. <laughs> Scalp Hunter. I think he might be one of the Reavers. No, it was Warhawk. Oh, okay. Oh, no. That's, yeah. your, that's your first no. incorrect one, though. Warhawk like, is... Shit. Warhawk's the fucking weird Luke Cage villain who's got blue skin. That's who Warhawk is. He does pop up in that era. Comics, everyone. Yeah. Comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which member of the X-Men has an M tattooed on his or her face? Bishop. <laughs> uh, what is Banff? Yes. <laughs> what is Banff? It's, it's the town... sound that, that Nightcrawler makes when he teleports. That, that is verbatim answer C, the sound Nightcrawler makes when teleporting. Yeah. Fucking hell. Right. I know what a Banff is. Spider-Man me. Spider-Man. Spider-Man me. Spider-Man. We've been to your soap opera. Oh, my soap opera. spider can. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, we're going mid-era. All right. Hit me. Hit me with your rhythm sticks. Mm. Are you looking at the? Are you looking at the sort of? Does it go sort of chronologically? Kind of, but not. It does. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, it's sort. It's sort of like the first few pages be questions from the first five years, then the next yeah, few pages be questions from the next five know, years, though, but some, not in order of release. A lot of it. Anyway, let's let's go. <laughs> let's go. Five twenty-three. Oh, you'll get these. You get these piss easy. Um, <laughs> oh God, great. What's the go. origin of carnage? Well, how they word it. Is it A, bonded with an alien symbiote that came to Earth, B, bonded with an alien symbiote in outer space, C, offspring of alien symbiote, or D, scientists who clone venom symbiote? Uh, uh, offspring of an alien symbiote. Yes, of course. It, it, um, venom escaped prison and spat out a little red bit, and then that little red bit attached to Cleo's Cassidy. <laughs> 
there's a whole this there's a massive question that's got a whole I'm just going to read the whole question because it's an entire page long since Spider-Man was such a tremendously successful character it was inevitable that Marvel wait is that a question yeah holy shit Marvel Marvel would introduce his female counterpart Spider-Woman in fact over the decades there have been three superheroines known as Spider-Woman the first and best known is Jessica Drew who was introduced in Marvel premiere number 32 in February 1977 and started around 50 issue Spider-Woman comic book issue one shown at left she was originally depicted as a spider whom the high evolutionary turned to a superpowered human but Stanley instead decided to have her revealed to be a human who had been endowed with spider-like powers the next Spider-Woman Julia Capita was introduced in the Landmark Limited series Marvel Superhero Secret was in 1984. The third, Matty Franklin debuted as Spider-Woman in Amazing Spider-Man number 5 in 1999 and starred in her own Trollive series. Recently, Jessica Drew resumed her costume career and joined the New Avengers. Which of the following places was among Jessica Drew's base of operations? Is it A, Berlin, B, Madripoor, C, Cairo, or D, Beirut? Wait, hang on. What, what's the fucking question? Like, basically, that was a history of Spider-Woman up to at least Matty Franklin. Um, and, <laughs> then, and then... Recently, what's been her base of operations? Recently, Jessica Drew... As of, the, as of the publication of this 2017 quiz book. Re- no, no. Recently, as of the publication of this of this, ba- of this 2017 quiz book, Jessica Drew has resumed her costume career and joined the New Avengers. Yes. True. Which of the following <laughs> places was among Jessica Drew's base of operations? Fuck. Okay, so is it... A, um, Berlin, B, Madripoor, C, Cairo, or D, Beirut? Do you like a clue? Because I know the answer to this without looking. Yes. Could be nice. During... This is uh, partly during the period in which she popped up in Wolverine's solo series. Oh, that'd be Madripoor then. Yeah, okay. So this is... So this is... This is pre... Sorry, this is post... Her initial run. Post her initial run. It was mostly just her tidying up hype and shit. And being like, how dare you tell me what to do, you bastards. You bastards. You bastards, yeah. Um... 525, who was not a member of the Outlaws? A, Prowler, B, Rocket Racer, C, The Black Cat, or D, Sandman? Sandman. Nope. Hmm. It was The Black Cat. Felicia does tend to operate solo. Mm. 526, what kind of organisation is Silver Sable International? Amos, Soldiers, uh, B, Charity Foundation, C, High Tech Manufacturer, or D, Fashion design. What was the first one again? A. Kennedy soldiers. Oh, mercenary soldiers. Yeah, yeah. the mercenary soldiers. Um, okay. Silver Sable in the Wild Pack. 527. What is not true about Kane? Oh, shit. What, the the, the, the disfigured and well, uh, seemingly no, evil it. clone save of Peter it. Parker? Okay. Save it. Yeah. A. He is an imperfect clone of Spider-Man. B. He was destroyed by another clone, Spider-Side. C, his body and face are covered with scars. Or D, he can burn the mark of Cain onto a victim. He was destroyed by Spider-Side. That's also... That is the one thing that's not true, yeah? Yeah. Spider-Side did some, did some shit to him, but he wasn't destroyed by Spider-Side. Spider-Side. <laughs> 528. <laughs> Whom did Flash Thompson once marry in the Spider-Girl Tim line? Oh, was shit. It, so we're not even talking 616. Was okay. it A, Liz Allen, B, Betty Brandt, C, Felicia Hardy, or D, Glory Grant? I'm going to guess here. I think it was Betty Brandt. Because Flash and Betty became romantically entangled in the 616 years later during the Venom series. Are you sure about that? Uh, well, not now you've said that, but like it feels like, <laughs> it, it feels like something where it would have been road tested in this alternate universe book, and people were like that's kind of fun, and that stuck around, and they did it later. It was C Felicia Hardy. Of course. 
narrowing um, the cast down so that they all have to interact and get into japes and scrapes together. Five hundred and twenty-nine. Which of the bo- which of the following Spider-Man adversaries once owned the Daily Bugle? A. Norman Osborn. B. Thomas Fireheart. C. J. Jonah Jameson. And or D. All answers are correct. All answers are correct. Yeah, all answers are correct. Yeah, Jameson, You're Jameson right. owned it for the longest. Osborne um, financially owned it for a long time. And for Thomas Fireheart's fucking Puma, right? Foot knows. I don't know. So you know no, more no, about no, this no, than I do. Yeah. <laughs> 5.30. Who was once a heroic version of the Green Goblin? Oh. Was it A, Dr. Barton Hamilton, B, Phil Urich, C, Ned Leeds, or D, Jason McIndale? It was B, Phil Urich. It was. Who later on in the slot run becomes the Hobgoblin and is a supervillain and is one of the most interesting and psychotic characters from that run. Yeah, he goes He goes through some shit. Goes through some shit. Goes that brilliant bit where his identity is rumbled while he's at work. Mm. And it's like, oh, that's so good because it's during Superior Spider-Man. Yes. Because Otto's like, I don't give a fuck about this guy. Like, expose him. Let's do it. And it's like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That's great. It's a really good run. I like. I prefer Phil. Having read some of his '90s stuff as the Green Goblin, I prefer him as the Hobgoblin than as mm. a villain. He's a lot more interesting as a villain. Five thirty-one. In Marvel sixteen oh two, to fuck. whom is Peter Parker's counterpart, Peter Parquar, apprenticed? Is it A. Sir Richard Reed, B. Doctor Stephen Strange, C. Sir Nicholas Fury, or D. Matthew Madoc? I've not read this, but I think it's Strange. What Strange? Stephen Strange. <laughs> Swine. Maybe. But who am I to say? Uh, no. Reed Richards. It's Sir Nicholas Fury. Oh, just neither. <laughs> Sir Nicholas Fury, the nude wonder. Hit me with something. The nude wonder? Yeah, because he's Nicholas. Oh. Ah! Hey! That, was the, that was the correct answer. Let's do one more page each and then we'll fucking call this a day. Any specific category you want to tackle for Doctor no! Four Spider-Man hit Avengers? Hit me with X-Men. a random page. Oh shit, here we go. Say when. Hit me with a random Now. Okay, we've landed in Spider-Man. Oh, Spider-Man. Alan Spider-Man. Alan Spider-Man. J. Alan Spider-Man. J. Alan Spider-Man. <laughs> hit me with a page. Baby. Uh, Hit me with your best page. Fire a weeb. Fire a weeb. Fire a weeb. Uh, Where'd you get the answer for the big questions? Uh, They're still in order because the big questions are just, they take them out of the thing. So you see there, that's that 591 is that question. Oh, I can see it. So yeah, yeah, you just go in order. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Because I'm intrigued about this one. Oh! Oh, fuck. Right, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. No, no, no. I think you'll get this because the artwork might be an indicator of who this could be. Sure. Uh, and, and in terms of the artists discussed. In 1990, cool. the first issue of the new Spider-Man comic... Is that the big question? Yes. Okay. Do the whole page. Uh, became, well, I will do, but this is wrong. Okay. Uh, became one of the top-selling comic books of all time. Todd McFarlane. No, that's not the answer. <laughs> with its various editions with different covers, Spider-Man number one, shown it right, adjectiveless Spider-Man, sold at least 2.5 million copies. It did. This series was nicknamed the adjectiveless Spider-Man yeah, to distinguish it from the original love series. adjectiveless Spider-Man. The amazing Spider-Man and the spectacular Spider-Man. Artist Tom McFarlane had already made a name for himself collaborating with writer David Michelin on the amazing Spider-Man. Editor Jim Salicrup. Gave McFarlane the opportunity to write and draw this new Spider-Man series himself. Through modifying Spider-Man's costume and putting the character in unusual poses, McFarlane recaptured and updated the essence of the book that co-creator the look that co-creator Steve Ditko had given the Wallcrawler hero in the early years. Except for issue fifteen, McFarlane wrote and drew the first sixteen issues of the new series. 
Which classic Spider-Man villain appeared in Spider-Man number one, 1990? Is it the lizard, the villain, the green gobloyen, or Dr. Octopus? I'll give you the name of the storyline. Okay. Torment. The... Lizard. Ding, ding, motherfucking ding. Ah. It's indeed the lizard. Uh, The artist clue there being McFarlane, because he fucking loved drawing the lizard. Yeah, he loves... He He loves... loved drawing stuff with teeth and saliva. Yeah. Um, what I love yeah. about this is the subtitle for this book is The Legend of the Arachnite. That never caught on, and I'm so glad it never did. What a fucking terrible that title. That's bad. <clears throat> Who is Silvermane's son? The Kingpin, the Rose, Hammerhead, or Blackwing? Fucking hell. That's a deep pull. Deep ass pull, more like. Um, I'm going to go with Black. No, uh, so, uh, Hammerhead. It's Blackwing. Uh, I was uh, right. I was right. I second guess myself. Who is Michael Morbius? A supernatural vampire, a scientist with vampire-like superhuman attributes, an expert in black magic, or a secret agent from Europe? He's a scientist with vampire-like attributes. Fuck yeah, he is. And uh, he's also Jared Leto. Which of Spider-Man's nemeses was converted into a cyborg? Silvermane, the Vulture, Kane. Or Meteor Man. No, Silvermane. Fucking Silvermane. Yeah. Most recently appearing as a head on top of a yeah. robot remote control car in the Superior Foes of Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, who owned right. the Daily Bugle as of 2009? Oh. Is it J. Jonah Jameson, Rupert Dockery, Dexter Bennett, or K.J. Clayton? Dexter Bennett? It is Dexter Bennett, because he changes the name too. Can we change the name of the paper too? No. The DB! Exclamation point. Oh, yeah! That, yeah that's it's fucking sucks. gross. And it's so yeah. wonderful when Jameson gets it back. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, you don't want him to get it back, but Dexter Bennett is a slime ball and an arsehole. Mm. And is not not that uh, subtly modelled off of people like Donald Trump. Um, and he wears a stupid little bow tie. Oh, fuck that guy. Uh, bow ties are cool, except when they're worn by Dexter Bennett. Yeah, well, both sides are cool depending on who's wearing them, yeah. How was the Wraith related to Jean de Wolf Or Jean de Wolf? Is it her brother, her father, her son, or her killer? Her killer. It was her brother. And what's really annoying is... I'm getting my death of It Jean says de Wolf his killer. Time. Which is incorrect, because Jean de Wolf is a woman. Is a woman. So, well done, book writers. You fucking let that one slip through the net. Fucking hell. Which vigilante or vigilantes debuted in Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, number 64? Was it The Punisher, Cloak and Dagger, Solo, or Silver Sable? Cloak and Dagger. It was Cloak and Dagger. Fucking love Cloak and Dagger. Um, Which of Peter's classmates was portrayed in the 1960s as serving in the Vietnam War? Was it Jason Ionello? Tash Flomson. Harry Osborne? Randy Robertson or Flash Thompson? It was Flash. It was Flash. Ha! Which, of course, as time goes by, they very slightly update it to the most recent conflicts. But now he's dead, so it doesn't matter. Cool. Um, 
Well, not for him, but yeah. Not for him. Who was Harry Osborne's wife? Was it Betty Brandt, Liz Allen, Joy Mercado, or Mary Jane Watson? Liz Allen. It was indeed Liz Allen. And finally, who killed Nathan Lubensky? Was who? it Carnage? <laughs> who? It... It, was, it was one of Aunt May's exes. Oh, the right. guy in the wheelchair oh, who was right. using okay. the money to gamble. Cool. Uh, is it Carnage, Kane, the Jackal, or the Vulture? Jackal. It was the vulture. Uh, but uh, I'll nearly give it to you because you basically pick which one of these villains are also old men. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was an old man. I feel like that happened around the time of the Clone Saga. Hit me with, hit me with a page, babes. Your eyes. Say when. <laughs> now. X-Men. Fuck. <laughs> X-Men. Fuck. 1231. How does the Juggernaut resist psychic attacks? A. He cannot. B. The spell of Sitarak. <laughs> C. His force field. Or D. His helmet. His fucking helmet, it's son. His helmet. It's his helmet. <laughs> <laughs> his helmet. 1232. 1232, I should say. <laughs> not 52. We're not that far in. Um, what happened in the X-Men story arc Inferno? Okay. Inferno. Yes. Uh, a. The X-Men rescued Nightcrawler from a recreation of hell. B. Magic and her allies fought Belasco in Limbo. C. Demons invaded Manhattan. Or D. The X-Men invaded the dimension of the Ingare. Demons invaded Manhattan. That is Because I read, I read the uh, very McFarlane era uh, Spider-Man portion of that. Because yeah. it, it spread into all the New York books. That happened. It was really creepy. Like, the designs of the demons are really freaky. It was like H.R. Geiger had sneezed. Are you ready for another long question? Yes. I'm going to take a deep breath. <gasps> By the 1970s, Marvel Comics was producing comics for the United Kingdom, reprinting stories originally published in America. Marvel decided to create new material, specifically the British market. Those cryptic... Oh, fuck. The Captain Britain Weekly deb- debut with the cover date of October 13th, 1976. In his origin story, Brian Paddock is a physics student working at the Dartmoor Nuclear Research Centre when he's attacked by a villain called the Reaver. Escaping on a motorcycle, Braddock suffers a near-fatal crash. The figures of Merlin, the magician, and Roma appear to him and ask him to choose between the Mystic Amulet of Right and the Sword of Might. Braddock chooses the amulet and is transformed into the superhuman Captain Britain, shown above. Captain Britain later co out on the X-Men spin-off series, Excalibur! He was a British counterpart of Captain America, the superheroic champion of the United Kingdom. Who created Captain Britain for Marvel UK? Fuck. Was it A, Chris Claremont and Alan Davis? B, Chris Claremont and Herb Trimpe? C, Stan Lee and John Buscema? Or D, Roy Thomas and Barry Windsor Smith? I feel like Claremont had a hand in it. Because this was at the peak of his X-Men sort of stewardship, wasn't it? In terms of him helping branch it out. Just after he took over. It's A. It is a Chris Claremont and Alan Davis. Thanks, Alan. Mine's uh, big A. Alan! Alan! Uh, 1234. Dan! 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 Which British born writer wrote Captain Britain for Marvel Uck in the <laughs> early 1980s? Was it A. Alan Moore, B. Grant Morrison? C. Neil Gaiman or D. Chris Clement. Is Chris Clement Brit- British born? Yes. Um. Yes. All of those writers are British born. I want to. S- I want to say Alan Moore dipped a toe. You want to say Alan Moore? Yeah. Yeah, you'd be right. Hey. hey. <laughs> I never wrote uh, Captain Britain's story that I didn't think was utter bullshit. 
But I never wrote anything that I didn't think was utter bullshit because I'm a miserable old bastard. Um, companies take your ideas and they suck them. <laughs> suck the marrow from their bones. <laughs> you ever seen a Simpsons appearance? It's yeah. fucking wonderful. It good. It's, it's sort of like, it shows that he is kind of self-aware of his own miserableness. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, he sort of knows he is and then goes for it in that episode. You're a bad man. You're a bad <laughs> car. Uh, what mutant power does Emma Frost have besides telepathy? Is it telekinesis? B, hyper smell sense? C, astral projection? Or D, able to make her body diamond hard. D, diamond hard? Yes, diamond hard. Um, (laughs) What is unusual about Chambers' appearance? A, the left side of his body is scared. Like that, don't you? B, the right side of his head is missing. C, the lower half of his face and part of his chest are missing. Or D, half his body is orgasmic metal. It's C. It is C. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jasmine. Space and part of his chest is missing. Uh, which artist co created Gambit with writer Chris Clermont? Was it A. Jim Lee? B. Mark Sylvester McCoy? C. Paul Smith? Or D. John Romita Jur? Is it Paul Smith? That's a good question. I'm not even sure. Yeah. Uh, no, it was not. Who was it? It was Jim Lee. I th- I see. I swore. I would have sworn that Gambit was just slightly pre-Jim Lee. No, it was. It was in the Jim Lee era when the team were in Australia. Yeah. And then Storm had been separated from him. Mm-hmm. Then she meets up with Gambit, and so that's when Gambit's introduced. Ah, uh, see, for some reason, I just imagined he was around before that. I think it's when it's when Storm gets aged down into a teenager by oh, yeah. by uh, Nanny. Yeah. Fucking weird, man. Um, <laughs> What's weird is how quickly his popularity escalated then. Yes. Because he'd only been around like a year before he was in a cartoon. Yes. And bloody hell. Uh, what is Gambit's mutant power? A, he has the ability to alter proba- probability. B, charges objects with kinetic energy. C, projects explosive force. Like that. Or D... God, I hope the mic picked that up so my suffering isn't in vain. Or D has psionic powers. Oh my God. (laughs) For those listening along on very quiet headphones, Matt just excreted... (laughs) I just projected explosive force. Gaseous fecal matter into the atmosphere. Oh my God. Answer the question. And then turned into a 1940s character actor from Hollywood based on that laugh. <laughs> Answer the question. He's starring in a new motion picture alongside Ed Wynn. Uh, <laughs> Answer uh, the question. He charges at objects with kinetic energy. He does. You look at the answers. And then he throws them. Fucking know and that? then he throws them. They're trying to get they're trying to catch you off guard with the next one being he throws blowy up stuff, but he doesn't. He turns stuff blowy up here, and then he throws it. Chris, who is Akiko? <laughs> a female Japanese ninja, Sunpire, Dakin's mother, or a Japanese orphan under Wolverine's protection? I actually don't know this one. Is it Dakin's mother? No, it's a Japanese orphan under Wolverine's protection. Fucking hell. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is 
one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna wrap up soon. In which city suburb did the Molecule Man settle down with his girlfriend after the first secret war? Is it A, Boston, B, Chicago, C, Denver, or D, New York? Chicago? No, it was Denver! Oh. Fucking Turkey. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you there? What the fuck did I put in your coffee? I don't know. I've had, that's my fifth cup of coffee today. Oh, my God. You're in work tomorrow, right? You're going to be in zombie how, mode. How did Miguel O'Hara acquire his superpowers as Spider-Man 2099? Was he bitten by an irradiated spider? Was he bitten by a genetically modified spider? Was it through genetic restructuring of his body or through injecting himself with spider DNA? Genetic restructuring of his body? It was a genetic restructuring of his body, not through dino DNA. Spider DNA? Take the book from me before I just go down a hole of inane trivia. Do you know what? You, what? You, 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 you're, you're a little too excited. Eat the last minty no, finger. No, I've had way more than eat you. Eat the last, last minty, minty finger. finger. No, I've had way more than you. You eat the last minty, minty finger. Okay, but if I eat the last minty finger, I'll do it close to the mic and you've got to tell everyone what to do. All right, so everybody, you can look out for the next show and all our announcements are at Big Damn Cast on Twitter. You can come watch me do some streamy shit on twitch.tv forward slash Big Damn Stream. And if you've got some money to spare, you can, of course, throw it towards us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Big Damn Cast. We'll see you. Well, you'll hear us, I should say, back here next week. And till then, enjoy your minty fingers. Got it.